As the current state of pandemic continues to persist around the world, many of us are acutely feeling the sting of pain and suffering that has been brought on by it. Whether we have experienced sickness ourselves, have experienced the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job, or are simply mourning the loss of relational connection, each of us are finding ourselves face-to-face with this global trial. There are all sorts of trials we face in this life, and if we're honest with ourselves, most of us seek to avoid those trials at all costs. We don't like the idea of pain and suffering and would much rather experience ease, comfort, and joy. I know I would. But Scripture has some funny things to say about suffering and trials. James, for instance, in his letter to first-century followers of Jesus, claims that trials produce in us endurance and maturity. Paul, when writing to the Romans, tells them they should rejoice in their afflictions because it will bring forth perseverance, character, and hope. Now, I want to be clear. The claim here is not that pain and suffering are good things in and of themselves. At Van City, we believe that evil is just that, evil. It is not caused or willed by God. Rather, it's a result of the free choices made by fallen humans and spiritual beings, as well as the chaotic nature of a world experiencing brokenness. But we also believe that God has the power to redeem our suffering and produce out of it something good. The trials and pain we experience can be transformed into vehicles for growth and maturity. This is the truth at the heart of the Christian belief. God has taken the evil of death and transformed it into resurrection life. Just as death did not have the final say over the crucified Jesus, pain and suffering do not have the final say over our lives. Yes, we experience them as harsh realities, but they do not have the final say. Death is swallowed up in life, and defeat is swallowed up in victory. This is the heart of God for us. The Apostle Paul had this to say to the Corinthian church, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The trials we face in this life will not last, and they do not compare with the eternal glory that awaits us at the return of Jesus. And what's more, we are not alone in our suffering while we wait. In fact, Jesus himself is with us and understands the pain we are going through. The author of Hebrews says that we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus himself endured suffering and pain, knowing that it would lead to life and redemption for anyone willing to follow him. And he offers to walk beside each of us as one who can empathize with our trials. To close, I'd like to lead you in a short guided meditation. Close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. Allow this image to fill your mind. You are sitting across the table from Jesus, just you and him alone together. As you sit, Jesus invites you to tell him all the pain and trials you are currently suffering. There is kindness in his eyes as you begin to recount the trials. As you tell him each pain, you give to Jesus a small seed 
which he gladly accepts and holds in his hands. Take as much time as you need to allow any pain or trial to come to the surface and continue to hand seeds to Jesus. He has no limit on what he can hold. Now as you finish handing Jesus the seeds, imagine that he invites you to get up from the table and walk with him. He leads you outside into the cool morning air to a small secluded garden. Here Jesus invites you to kneel beside him as he begins to pray. He prays over each seed you have handed him, asking that the Father would produce from it hope and new life. As he prays over each seed, he plants it into the ground where you are both kneeling. After each seed has been planted, Jesus continues to pray. As he does so, each place in the soil where a seed has been planted begins to produce a small green shoot. Continue to hold this scene in your mind as each shoot grows into a tall, beautiful, and fragrantly blooming flower. When each of these flowers has bloomed, Jesus invites you to stand back up with him to gaze around the garden, which is itself in the height of bloom. As you stand with Jesus, you realize that all along he has been masterfully tending the garden of your life, interceding to the Father on your behalf and planting seeds. As each seed has experienced death in the ground, it has brought forth new and abundant life, bringing fullness and beauty to the garden. Take as much time as you need to rest in this garden with Jesus.